This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast this week is Anastasia Georgievskaya, General Manager at Youth Laboratories. The company's story started with a beauty eye contest, and then maybe you have heard about it. It's a beauty competition judged by artificial intelligence, the first one in the world. We believe that uh, tracking your skin health and uh, the biomarkers that can be seen on your face is very relevant because images are very let's say, cheap source of data, and uh, every, it, it's very affordable. If you want to track the skin condition and track the dynamics, you need to make sure you can track it in dynamics. Firstly, algorithms can adjust to your baseline, and then uh, you would be able to track uh, the effects of different changes on your skin. For example, your nutrition, your lifestyle, amount of sleep, let's say weather, sports, and you can understand what's the most beneficial lifestyle for you. It's very well aligned to the trend of personalization. This is Anastasia. She's the co-founder and general manager at Youth Laboratories, a company that's developing tools to study aging and discover effective anti-aging interventions using advances in machine vision and artificial intelligence. Anastasia has a degree in bioengineering and bioinformatics from the Moscow State University. She has won numerous math and bioinformatics competitions and successfully volunteered for some of the most prestigious companies in aging research, including in Silicon Medicine, which I interviewed earlier on this podcast. She also helped develop an app for tracking age-related facial changes and was one of the driving forces to organize the first beauty competition just by the robotic jury, Beauty AI. And this inspired me, not because of the topic, but because of the transformational effects technologies such as AI are starting to have on our day-to-day life. What triggers me is what we can learn from examples like this to inspire other forms of value creation. Hence, I invited Anastasia to my podcast. We explore the value of her company's innovation beyond the point of beauty. What lessons have been learned? What are the essentials to get right? And what is the potential for society at large? And during this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, that AI will change our approach to many questions and as such spark new ideas for creating value we currently don't even have an idea about. Secondly, why collaboration is key to not only accelerate the innovation process, more importantly, to give you insights to increase the value you offer with your solution. And thirdly, how evolving skeptics increases the relevancy and simplicity of your solution. 
So, Anastasia, could you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit more about uh, your background and what you're doing at the moment? So, my name is Anastasia Georgievska, and I'm the general manager at Youth Laboratories. That is computer vision and artificial intelligence company that works in the area of developing new biomarkers of aging and diseases using images. And my background is coming from biology. So, I have... Uh, degree, bachelor degree in biophysics and uh, master in bioinformatics. And also I'm currently getting a PhD in computer science. Okay. So I was working uh, before a lot in bioinformatics and then uh, I participated in the hackathon. It's so hackathon is like competition and programming. And yeah. there I met another co-founder of our company, Alex, who then later on invited me to join uh, the new company that was working in the area of computer vision and AI. The company's story started with a beauty eye contest, and then maybe you have heard about it. It's a beauty competition judged by artificial intelligence, the first one in the world. Really? Yes, really. You can, uh, you can Google it, because there would be millions of, let's say, uh, searches for that. <laughs> uh, we wanted to make... Uh, the idea behind that was, uh, firstly, to see if people are interested in being evaluated by artificial intelligence, to see what's the perception. And we also wanted to make the unbiased beauty competition. Because if you have a look at the usual ones, you will probably only see very young females. And we wanted to make beauty contests for everyone, for male, female, of all ages, all races. And the contest, I, would, I should say, it was a bomb. It was very, very popular. It was covered by many news outlets. And we realized we really need to, to go into this topic because people are very interested in that. Because the R&D in the area of uh, development of diseases and aging biomarkers. So currently we have about 20 algorithms for tracking different skin conditions. And we believe that uh, tracking your skin health and uh, the biomarkers that can be seen on your face is very relevant because images are very, let's say, cheap source of data. And uh, every, it, it's very affordable. And on contrast to the usual biomarkers like blood biomarkers or methylation biomarkers, so it's commonly spread standards in biology, these ones can be uh, used almost everywhere. So you just need a smartphone. And modern yeah. smartphones are now resembling computers because, for example, the latest iPhone even has special library for machine learning. So imagine yeah. in one, two years, probably all the phones will have that. Exactly. So what is the big idea behind the work that you're doing? I mean, why do you believe that uh, this is, the, the, there's a, pro well, what is the problem and what exactly are you doing about it? So you probably know that uh, in the area of artificial intelligence, uh, computer vision and image recognition are one of the most developed areas because yep. there's a lot of effort and uh, a lot of companies and research groups working in that area. And very, very different tasks are currently being solved with very high accuracy. But if we, if we talk, let's say it's like general artificial intelligence. Yeah, many methods emerged. Of course, they emerged not one or two years ago. So neural networks were existing 20 years ago. But still, like when many people put a lot of efforts in the area, it develops very quickly. And we want to solve a very special tasks. So it's, let's say, special artificial intelligence. Because taking into account that we have so many, let's say, frameworks, or different resources, databases, you can very easily achieve a particular level of accuracy. It would be rather high, let's say, it would be 80%. But the last 20% to achieve the accuracy, it's very difficult because you really need to dig very, very deep into the topic 
And we focus on recognition of multiple skin conditions from pictures and health conditions. And uh, one of the challenges here is, of course, to bring the too high accuracy and make the algorithm stable and track the biological relevance. So uh, if you want to solve any task at a very good level, you actually need a lot of effort. Yeah. And so the moment you have, you analyze someone's skin and you, f- you find out a number of, well, you, you, you recognize a couple of things. What's then done with that? I mean, how does the augmentation come in place? So what's more, let's say the most interesting for people is not only to know, let's say, a particular value for their skin or maybe several values that you can do nothing this about, right? So you want uh, to track uh, the dynamics because maybe knowing one time point, they have that uh, value for this parameter, not quite sure that you can do anything with that. And uh, here we come to the question that, of course, let's just say many startups are working in the area with some gamification, like coloring your hair or maybe adding on some uh, nice eye lenses for you, but you don't need very high accuracy here. If you want to track the skin condition and track the dynamics, you need to make sure you can track it in dynamics. And uh, the idea behind that is that you take the measurements for a particular time frame. So firstly, algorithms can adjust to your baseline, and then uh, you would be able to track uh, the effects of different changes on your skin. For example, your nutrition, your lifestyle, amount of sleep, let's say weather, sports, And you can understand what's the most beneficial lifestyle for you. So from what you benefit most. And it's very well aligned to the trend of personalization. Because now the common recommendations don't work. So people already understood that. And uh, you really need to find out what works for you. And this is why I think our algorithms can also help with that. Yeah, okay, gotcha. This is also something that will will be used by by specialists. I mean, I can... um... Think of specialists that are about yeah, advising you on, uh, on, on these type of things. Do you think it's going to be more used by specialists or is, it, is it, well, or is it going to be more used by the people itself, like you and me? I think it would be both. So for specialists, uh, they can make uh, some, let's say, more advanced expertise out of your parameters. It's, let's say, one direction. Another direction is that people will also track their parameters by themselves. And uh, the third, that might be like assistant for the doctor, assistant for common users, is uh, the recommendation system uh, that is AI-powered. And uh, combining these uh, three, let's say, uh, methods of making judgment, yourself, your specialists, and uh, supported by artificial intelligence may make uh, you achieve the highest, let's say, results. Yeah, that's where you get the one plus one is three uh, effect, got to say. Yes. Okay. So what is the opportunity if we get this right? What would, for example, the world, what could the world look like in, in 10 years time? So I think uh, that despite uh, there is a lot of hype around artificial intelligence, there is still a lot that we should do. So uh, I think that in 10 years, our lives would be a lot facilitated by artificial intelligence. So it's already becoming so. And uh, I think one of the obstacles here is uh, maybe the lack of regulation that doesn't allow technologies, let's say, penetrate in a good way into our life and take away uh, all hard tasks we're doing now, for example, some routine jobs. So I think this completely would be removed in 10 years. But what is more, I think, interesting is that when we talk about artificial intelligence, 
One of the commonly spread approaches is uh, not to use handcrafted features for algorithms, but rather than let algorithms explore new, let's say, extracting new features, new parameters that are not evident to us in, in multiple areas. So maybe the AI will change our approach to many questions in different areas because every people, when they're thinking about something, they're like limited to their perception of that object, how they uh, are used to treat it. But we see that AI uh, helps reveal new features that can be very relevant to different tasks. And I think one of the changes would be that we may have a completely different look to many aspects that we uh, and change our angle of view. And uh, this may uh, also be like even change of par whole paradigm. And I also think that technologies that allow us, let's say, uh, blockchain technologies also make everything very secure. And maybe we will, again, uh, free our time for, uh, let's say, creating new like space flights that SpaceX is very popular recent days. And I think that even we will see something that we couldn't imagine in the futurist films. Because really? Yes, because I think, uh, so again, I just want to stress that there must be so much undiscovered right now, and we just uh, can, in, can't, uh, let's say, can't think of it because we don't have an idea about that. But uh, once AI will uncover that idea, we might use it in different multiple applications. It's like yeah. uncovering electricity. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's indeed what you see in, in many areas. It hasn't, well, it's, this is, of course, applied to, to your area of expertise, but you can also see it in, for example, the, the, the business context. And it's going back to the, the famous quote from Ford, you know? If we would have asked people what they want, they would like to have a faster horse because they couldn't imagine what a yeah. car would be. <laughs> and we are going to face a couple of those again in the near future. So, I mean, it brings me back to the... Uh, example that you gave in the beginning of the of the interview about the the beauty contest and one of the things that intrigued me when you were saying something about it, it was about creating an unbiased beauty competition so what differences were then uncovered during that competition because i realized indeed that the normal competition is about really beautiful people you know not your everyday person i would say so if an ai is looking at you from a beauty perspective how does it then uncover sort of what beauty is really all about? So if you ask even a philosopher or, let's say, for example, painter or poet, people who are like considered commonly recognized as working with something considered as beautiful and accepted by people as beautiful, it's quite difficult to work out what beauty is. Yeah. In our case, we take, uh, let's say, suggestions that having healthy appearance, healthy skin, is considered mostly by, by, by most people as beautiful. So this is why for this beauty contest, we try to track the very, I'd say, features that you can understand, your skin health, your uh, symmetry of your face, and we also, like, implemented some features from, um, let's say, people thoughts. Like, we compared people to models and actors in different age and uh, gender race groups. And so it is based on the on the articles that an average face is considered to be the most beautiful face. And I think this is a very, um, let's say, very good to start, right? So you you need to, to, to start uh, with something. And uh, for this beauty contest, we're planning to launch another one and implement even more algorithms. But as it's quite difficult to say what beauty is, we started uh, with tracking uh, skin parameters. But I think that it's also possible to 
implement some neural networks that will uh, also train on pictures of models and actors. But it would be, again, like a little bit uh, kind of black box because you don't know uh, what were the features. But on the other hand, the the recent advancements in maths behind the machine learning help to reveal that you can actually make feature extraction and understand what uh, were the important features for algorithms as well. Yeah, but how does that translate then into into an outcome? And and what do people think about it? About beauty contests? Well, I mean, well, what what could that mean to, for example, the future of, of beauty contests? Is it going to be a completely different thing? Is it going to open up new areas? Is, is it maybe even going to give people around the world more confidence about what they're really all about? Yes, I think the beauty AI, let's say, contests can substitute the usual beauty contests or they can become an alternative standard for beauty competitions. So beauty competitions for everyone because <laughs> diversity and inclusion are also the global trends and it's very good that they're emerging. Not emerging, let's say, expanding. And I think that uh, it also shows people that they can be beautiful at any age. And, you know, as, as lifespan of people extends, the way of, of, of thinking also changes. Because if before people considered like beauty contest is something for women uh, above 35 years old, now they see a change uh, even in our beauty contest that we had a, a lot of entries for people uh, even older than 60 years old. And it shows that as lifespan extensions, and healthy lifespan extensions, people are like acting like younger people. So we are interested in that kind of things. This is why I think beauty competitions for all the ages, all races, all genders would also be very, very popular in future. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, of course, uh, maybe not to compete with, let's say, 20-year-old girl if, if you're 40, but uh, to see where you compare to your peers. This is why yeah. I think the idea is very, let's say, attractive for people. Interesting. Interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering what type of business models you could co- could extract from something like this, or is it something that's that's purely going to have a value from for from a consumer perspective? So, in in our beauty contest, uh, it, it let's say it was not supported by cosmetics brands or something like that. Uh, our let's say area of business and the way we earn money is more about algorithm development and uh, providing them as SaaS software service, and beauty is like our uh, let's say project for uh, attract interest and it's like more like research project yeah exactly that's already available is it beauty uh, beauty.ai yes so uh, you can download the mobile app and send us a picture that would be automatically enrolled to the next beauty competition <laughs> okay yeah so when did it all start so our company started uh, about two years ago, and uh, that also the time then we launched the beauty con- beauty AI competition. So we said, and then we had the second one because we see saw a lot of interest from people participating in the in the first beauty competition, and I think the beauty AI 3.0 will be launched this year. Okay. So in our timeline, it's September this year. Okay. So from the initial idea, the aha moment, to where you are right now. What were the major milestones on that journey? What were, were, the, what were the major developments that took place? And, and yeah, what's the impact of that? So since uh, we had... So one of the let's say, main things, of course, for beauty competition was to develop uh, accurate algorithms. And we also used uh, some data set collected for Beauty AI 1.0 to test the algorithms on selfies. And for the second beauty competition, we analyzed all the pictures and we sent everyone the results 
for the pictures. And since then, we have a lot of improvement and new algorithms were developed. And we collaborated with many cosmetics clinics and hospitals and analyzed the different skin condition annotated by professional doctors. So I think now that we can deliver even more insights about skin, about health for people who will be participating in Beauty Eye, because I think one of the motivation behind that, firstly, of course, it was, let's say, an interest because no, no time before robots were evaluating beauty. And I think another idea why it was motivating people to upload the app and send the pictures was to see what would algorithm say about me. Because if you, for example, um, ask other people, people might be a little bit biased. So uh-huh. this might be having standard evaluation for everyone was also a topic of interest. And I think we will we would like to make it more interactive. So uh, track your results in real time. So how you are compared to people who already participated. We're also planning to make maybe short video to analyze voice as well. And um, yep. I think Beauty Eye will be even more popular, the third one. But is the motivation from people more the beauty aspect of things? Or is it more what is going on with my skin? And is there anything I should change in my lifestyle to prevent possibly bad things from happening? I think uh, the motivation behind participating in UTI is both. So, of course, you would like to see very compared to others. So it's like spirit of competition, of course. On the other hand, you can get an, ad- an advice how to, how to look better, how to, for example, age better, how to live better. Of course, people would be interested in that because a uh, healthy lifestyle is a very popular trend now and people start uh, to track their health much more, I think, nowadays, taking account the nutrition and sports. Yeah. And uh, they also see it, uh, I think they, they see it as one of the uh, power tools uh, to track your health constantly. I would say so, yeah. So how often do you need to, well, to take a picture or to, to take that, that snapshot? So you downloaded the app and you needed to make a selfie. So the app provided you special guidelines for lighting conditions and uh, how to position your head. So to uh-huh. make it standardized. So we also implemented uh, algorithms for tracking, uh, let's say, ideal selfie, like with no noise, uh, with your head straight. And then you just uh, upload it to Beauty Eye and it's sent for analysis. Yeah. Actually, no, no, no special. It's like uh, people are now so much used to taking selfies that I don't think that people even need to be coached for that. No, I understand. Correct. <laughs> so once you've got your results, is, is there already technology then beyond that that provides you with that advice? Is, is that something that is coming in a sort of in a slipstream of this? Yes, I think it will be coming in Beauty at 3.0. Okay, so that's where the recommendations come in. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that particular area could be... a yeah, a big leap in terms of how people are, are thinking about it and actually doing something about it. I mean, I live, for example, I live myself, I live in Spain. Of course, there's a lot of sun. You're exposed to the sun. And what is, this, what is the effect of that on, on your skin? And well, you never go to the doctor to ask and to, to do a checkup. And this could be making that barrier a lot lower than it could ever be because it's simply as simple as taking a selfie. Yes, absolutely. And the good thing is that uh, taking a selfie doesn't take you too much time, doesn't take you money. And yeah. uh, then in case you have a warning from the system, you will, you will be advised to visit the doctor. And I think it's very beneficial. Yeah, exactly. That, that is, I think, one of the bigger yeah, social impacts that it could have to make that, that whole aspect of, of, 
of looking at that in a different way and an easier way, much more uh, approachable for people. Interesting. So what, are, what were the lessons learned out of the process that you've been going through over the last two years? So one, let's say, of the question is that there are a lot of, in, in, in any topic you're working, there are a lot of, let's say, stones that you will have to uncover. And there are a lot of, uh, let's say, features and smart things you need to do. Really need, we realize that uh, you really need to go into some fundamental research to achieve good accuracy. And I think that but the most pleasant thing is that we see a lot of interest in the area and the areas are transforming. And I think uh, one of the lessons we learned is that many people are perceiving it in a very positive way and you need to, let's say, find such collaborators. And, but still, there are some people who are very skeptic, and, but still they can bring you a lot, a lot of good advice. So I think what we learned is having uh, critics is also good because sure. uh, it helps you to find a way how to deliver it so, it's, so people can understand it and use the advantage, but also, let's say, uh, change their mind about your algorithms and products. Yeah, so exactly. Think, uh, never give up and uh, do your job in a good way and uh, it be appreciated. So what, what were the hard choices you had to make so far, if you had to make any hard choices? Hard choices? So I think, let's say not hard choices, but choices we made is to go to software service because uh, we see that many platforms are emerging like web applications and, for example, uh, different devices or, uh, let's say, requests from doctors. And we see that people are very open to collaboration and integration. Uh, this is why... It's a very good thing. So the future is in the collaboration. And this is why they see that you need to be flexible and, and let's say, find a way how you can integrate and collaborate with everyone. So how do you see that collaboration taking, taking the next stage? So I think uh, in future, many, many, let's say, platforms would be providing some healthcare services, for example, for analyzing your skin lesions or, for example, analyzing you for different diseases biomarkers, for example, like cardiovascular diseases or diabetes. And probably even we will have our uh, kitchen equipment analyzing us, for example, for our nutrition. And uh, this is why I think uh, we will be like constantly monitoring, monitored by algorithms. I think it can be, it, it can sound annoying and even terrifying. But uh, on the other hand, we are already now tracked by uh, all the security cameras. So what's the difference? So they're not just tracking you, but what if they track you and bring you some uh, benefit out of that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's something that, that it doesn't, you don't have to even realize that it's happening in the first place. That's interesting. So you, you believe that this could, for example, feed all kind of other services that could then start to yeah, provide advice or interventions? I think yes. So I don't think it would be like prescription or uh, let's say medical examination it would be in the form of advice. So, for example, you have high risk of these uh, diseases, so please uh, take attention. And I think one of the, uh, let's say, perspective areas is the video analysis because it, it holds many clues about how you move. Yeah. And uh, your movement is, of course, a reflection of uh, your, like, say, body conditions, your nerve system, your regulation in your body. So I think it's also one of the perspective methods for preventive medicine. Interesting. Were there any byproducts that, that surprised you that came out of this? So one of the, I wouldn't say byproduct, but as we started to work in computer vision, we had, uh, let's say, projects uh, around that. So we, for example, have hackathons for computer vision and biodata analysis. They're called skin hacks. So we call them annually in Moscow. 
uh-huh. so it's an international hackathon for different tasks. So this year we analyzed data coming from smart t-shirt that was developed by company Bysdorf. So this t-shirt analyzes your sweat level and uh, makes your prediction based on your sweating behavior. And it's very interesting how you can use... Uh, the, so it's one of the proofs that data is coming from everywhere, absolutely. And yeah. you can find a smart way how to analyze it and how to use it. Exactly. There's a lot to say about that one again. <laughs> it must, must have been an interesting atmosphere there at the, at the hackathon with all the sweat and t-shirts. You know, people were very interested in daring them and running in them. So it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun, I would say, but also a lot of data science behind it. Exactly. Yeah, true. Yeah, you don't realize it, but these wearables are becoming, yeah, available everywhere. And it's not only the, the traditional Fitbit type of devices, it's actually going to be inclu- incorporated into your day-to-day clothes. Yeah, so what were you most proud of achieving so far? So I think, of course, we were very proud with uh, UTI competition, its success. And me personally, I'm very proud to work with our team who are real experts in data science and machine learning. And I see that the, let's say, algorithms we develop are really working very accurately. And I'm proud that I think soon they will make a re- release the SaaS system that will enable many, many people suffering from skin problems and uh, we will be able to track the disease biomarkers for everyone. And I think it's like, as a scientist, I would be very happy to find a way to extend human longevity. So, I mean, if our tools will help uh, people live better, live longer, I would be, let's say, very happy about that. Yeah, that's that's a similar discussion I had with, uh, with Alex, uh, the advisor in your company advice was to everybody else that they are there is if you could find ways to extend the life of everybody with one minute do it and <laughs> and of course everybody can agree with that because everybody wants to live longer at the end so out of all the knowledge that you've gained so far and since this podcast is it also targeted at business software companies what would you advise a software company out there to do or not to do maybe if they want start with artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. so uh, what i would advise is uh, of course always have a look at uh, what's going around don't sit in your shell and always monitor the other research groups because maybe uh, uh, there are some collaborators very nearby you who are working on the same problem and you could uh, let's say augment your effort if you could collaborate so it's one of the one of the ideas behind that and i think another advice would be to always try to understand uh, that your algorithms are relevant. Maybe dig a little bit, uh, not be, let's say, so encouraged with the results you get at first, and uh, really double-check uh, that the deliverables are what you're actually wanting and make sure that, uh, let's say, the output you get is relevant for your business, and then uh, you, you will be able to overcome any challenges. So how do you... What is a tip in order to get that, that part right? I think you need to, uh, of course, every person uh, cannot be a specialist in everything. This is why, uh, for example, if you work in the area in, of AI, for example, for skincare and medical topic, like, for example, we do, we consult a lot and we have uh, doctors in our teams and biologists in our team. So uh, you really need to find the people who know your object. 
And it's, yeah. uh, for example, if you work in, uh, in the area of application of AI, for example, for business of construction or, for example, fintech, you really need to find people who know the tiny special secrets of successful tech business so that you can also implement them into your algorithms. And, of course, people would always not be so happy to share these things. So this is why I really need to have these people in your team. That's true. Yeah, to gain that trust as well. And to take it from an approach that that's, I think came up during the interview as well, to start thinking outside of the box, to think big and to, to be open to completely different ways of, of approaching the same problem. Yes, that's definitely so. Because uh, while you are limited and very much concentrated on my idea, you are very, let's say, have a high chance to miss the good ideas when they emerge. Exactly. So what is next on this journey? So in our case, uh, we really want to be the big platform that will enable everyone to have available diagnostics, make it very secure, very accurate. And one of the plans that I also told you is that uh, we will probably move to analyzing videos because using AI, you can extract so much information out of that. And uh, I think it also will be a breakthrough. I guess so as well. Yeah, true. Who knows what could come from there? So if... If you could ask the audience one thing, what would you ask them? How could they help you? So uh, I think uh, if people in general, not let's say not like usual customers, but maybe even people who have some business or uh, work in different, uh, let's say, area of medical, let me talk about the topic. I would ask people to be more collaborative and uh, more open-minded and let's say uh, be open to approach uh, new problems. And let's say help people who are working in the area of data science, like providing the data, coupling with annotation, bringing their expertise, because algorithms are not to substitute people in their jobs, as you mentioned. They like to be assistants and take on themselves like some routine job. So uh, if uh, people embrace the things that uh, robots want to help them rather than substitute them, I think it would be very beneficial. Don't be afraid of AI, because AI is not like solution for everything now. But it can be a very reliable assistant for you. Exactly. That's that's the pure focus of this podcast, to see how technology can augment people, the unique unique strengths of people to deliver remarkable uh, impact. So thank you very much for your um, inspiring thoughts. I've been kind of sort of dragged into this from a number of perspectives now with a couple of podcasts. And I've never thought about it this way. But I think if, if we get this right... This could mean a lot to the quality of lives of, of billions of people around the world. So this is pretty inspiring itself. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And I think uh, the things that you launch such podcasts is very important from, uh, let's say, social perspective. And it's like education and, on the other hand, expanding, let's say, the thinking of many people around. So it's like very important. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment, Anastasia. And for everybody else that's listening today, Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Anastasia Jodievskaya, General Manager at Youth Laboratories. You can find more about her in a variety of ways. One way is to go to LinkedIn and simply connect with her. And the other way is to go to the website of Youth Laboratories, which you can find at ylabs.ai. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, 
With this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.